Welcome, and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message. If I had to guess, if I pulled a lot of the room, I would, I would guess that one of the favorite movie genres in here is superhero films. Is that, is that fair? Kids? Kids? Yes? A few? I can't stand superhero movies. I, I mean, if I've seen one, I've seen all 3,000 of them. Can we, can we be honest? Like, I, I can like write the plot out for you once I've seen the first five minutes. This is, this is it. But I, a few years ago, I, I fell in love. I, I learned to like one character, only one. And I'm gonna give you a chance to guess which character you think I liked, which superhero. So y'all, y'all just start guessing. And if I hear it, I'll call it out. Not Captain America. Wait, what was that right there? No. What was over there? I heard someone back there. All right. Yes, right there. Wolverine. Thank you, Ryan. Wolverine. Look at that. Let's get a picture of Wolverine. I, uh, look at, I, I see a little bit of myself in him. And um, no, uh, don't see anything in there. Yeah, it's, not, it's definitely not the mutton chops and, or the muscles, but... <clears throat> Anyway, I came across an article a few years ago and I was fascinated that someone was interviewing Hugh Jackman about all that he does to get ready for the role of Wolverine and uh, just how he disciplines his body and some of the, the, the doctors that are involved, some of the movie studio execs that kind of go, hey, this is what we need. If you wanna be Wolverine, here's how you're gonna have to prepare yourself. So six months out, he begins to this incredible regimen to begin to prepare himself to play Wolverine. And in this article that I saw, there was about 16 things. They were all crazy. But just for purposes of time, let me just give you five of the things that he does. So for six full months before he gets on the screen, Hugh Jackman takes cold showers every morning. And I, I don't even understand how that plays into needing to do that, but evidently he's building a mindset. The second thing that he does is he does... Uh, sets, five sets of 100 clap push-ups. I don't do 100 push-ups ever in a day. I definitely don't do clap push-ups. Is that it? Yeah, just kind of clap while you're, no, I mean, I think it's like you're you know, doing that. He does five sets of 100 clap push-ups. He does three-hour workouts so that he can reach max exhaustion. There's a reason why I can't play Wolverine. That's one of them right there. I'm gonna max out at about 20 minutes. Uh, he, get this, before he pops onto the screen, he, he deprives himself of water for 36 hours so that his muscles can pop just a little bit extra on screen. 36 hours of water dehydration. And then this one blows my mind. He, for six months, he tapes a stone to his heel, puts it in his shoe, and he walks around with stones on his heel in an effort to remind himself of how Wolverine is supposed to have um, psychological and, and physical burdens that he carries around. I mean, this guy isn't just playing Wolverine. He's literally trying to become Wolverine, I think. And he's disciplined himself in such a way that it has, uh, allows him to become who he wants to be once the cameras start rolling. And, and at least in a very superficial way, it's What he does has been, it sounds like a blessing to at least some of you in his role as Wolverine. And it's a picture 
of, of, of some of the things that I look back on and, and how the Lord has been so transformative to me. I mean, I could pick right up where Daniel talked last week about it was formative that, that the Lord wanted this abundant relationship with me, not some dead, stagnant, flatlined, boring relationship with me, but that he wants an adventurous, life-giving, flourishing, deeply abundant, growing, and ever-evolving relationship. This is the sweetness of what the Lord offers. And what I learned along the way as I've, I've as just been walking with the Lord is that in order for for this to be brought about, uh, the Lord begins to uh, discipline us along the way. And this is the word that I think a lot of times we have this negative connotation. We think of Dennis, uh, discipline as almost this walk the plank moment, right? It's like, I'm in trouble with the Lord, so I gotta walk the plank, and I just, that's not what it means. And that's what we wanna unpack today. And as we get into it, I just wanna just go, uh, discipline carries this negative connotation in our head, but when in reality, the love of God's discipline toward us, I think is one of the greatest treasures that he gives us. And I know that you might go, I'm not sure I believe that yet. And that's okay. We still got a few more minutes to kind of unpack this. And so there's three areas that I want to look at the dis. When I say the Lord's discipline, here's three things that I mean by it. The first is that, that there's a preserving discipline that the Lord offers us. The second is a correcting discipline. So preserves us on the path of, of walking with him, corrects us when we veered from the path. And then the third is even while we're walking faithfully on the path, he begins to perfect us maybe with trials or different situations that come our way to build us up, to grow us up, to be more like him. And so jump in with me. Let's flip to Proverbs 2. Uh, because that's where uh, Proverbs 2, If I hope you're doing this. I don't know how much we've talked about this already, but Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 are, are the memory verses that we want all people kind of in our body memorizing during the month of July because it's the heart of our series. It's the heart of our series. You can see it right there in verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, and then in verse five, it says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This is our goal for this year. Right? Treasure up what the Lord has for us. And then it begins to transform us. But what I wanna do is pick up in verse six because the, the, the first way that God disciplines us is he provides preserving discipline. And what do I mean by that? Let's, let's look in verse six. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, for those that walk the path with him. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity and he guards the paths of justice, watching over the way of saints. That's what the ESV says. The, the, the NASB reads, guards the path of justice and preserves the way of the godly one. The Lord knows the way that the godly are supposed to take and he keeps them on the way if they will yield to his path. And then this is what happens, verse nine. Then after you do this, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path that the Lord's leading you on. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Listen to these things. It's the abundance and the richness that begins to pour in. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. And he will deliver you from the way of evil. Proverbs 12, 28, one of those other things that just captures it for me. It just says, and the way of righteousness is life. And in its pathway, there is no death. You walk the road that the Lord continues and there's a preservation that comes as you go the way that he goes. And, and 
I, I've kind of learned this in a, in a different way, what happens when you veer from a recommended path. Uh, a couple decades ago in my early 20s, I uh, had a couple of kidney stones. That's like some of the worst pain ever, right? If you've had it, you might agree with me. I've heard, I'm not going to make this argument. I've heard some people think it's worse than childbirth. I ain't going there. I ain't going there. And little, little extra bonus treasure. Don't ever claim that, amen, right? Don't ever claim that. Um, but I, I had a couple of kidney stones and, and they were so bad, so painful. I went and got the, the it kind of inspected and the, the doctor came in and just said, hey, you're eating too much ice cream. And I was like, how do you know that? I didn't tell you I was eating too much ice cream. How did you even know? He goes, you didn't tell me the kidney stone told me. You've been eating too much ice cream, haven't you? And I was like, yeah, probably about two scoops of bluebell at night. He's like, yeah, cut it out, period. No bluebell, no scoops ever again if you want to avoid kidney stones. And I was like, you're kidding me. That's bluebell. By the grace of God, my family has a really good key lime pie recipe. And so we just kind of pivoted, right? It's like, Ice cream, fine, can't do that. I'll go the road of key lime pie. And so for 15 years, man, key lime pie, they're really good. And Bluebell's done its best in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, there's been cookie two-step that's come along the way. That, some of y'all know, I've stayed away. Banana pudding, I think, has come along. I don't know if that makes for good ice cream, but I love banana pudding. But here's what happened. 2018, they rolled out a different flavor. You may not know this, but they rolled out a flavor called mango key lime pie with a little bit of graham cracker crust kind of splitting through the, the ice cream. And look, guys, it, it had been 15 years. I'm like, man, maybe the kidney stone, maybe it's not an ice cream thing. So I tried this ice cream, right? I kind of left the path, the suggested path. Two months later, in a doctor's office in kidney stone pain. I kid you not. Left the path. We say all the time, or at least in the last few years, we've just talked about when you walk the way of Christ, it's, it's more joy and less scars. That's one of the prayers. That's one of the sweet things, just listening to Cameron's testimony. Just already the joy that's beginning to bubble up in her life and the fewer scars that may have otherwise shown up. More joy, less scars. I'm starting to translate it more key lime pie less kidney stones, right? Like let's keep the path that avoids the pain. And I mean, one of the things that I, I sometimes I want to fight back against is, is this idea that walking with the Lord is like this miserable tightrope walk. That it's like, man, if you veer to the left, you veer to the right, he's going to get you and he's going to nab you. And it's like, that's not what scripture says with the walk of following Jesus. That it can be, an, it's an abundant one. That's what Daniel talked about last week. And that's what has registered with me is just, no, the Lord wants a vibrant vivacious, growing, adventurous relationship. It says in Proverbs 18, or Psalm 18, verse, verse 18, the Lord was my support. And then listen to this. He brought me out into a broad place, a broad place, and he rescued me because he delighted in me. The sweetness of the relationship, right? As the Lord begins to delight, the Lord does delight in you, and you begin to delight in him and the freedom that comes with that. And he says, here's the path, right? You got the whole garden. You got the whole garden. Preserve the path, not that fruit from that tree, anywhere else. And there's so much of that that's true in our lives. Is, is, is there's so much freedom that we have, and yet we're pulled to the things that can cause us harm. I, to, to my kids, to the kids and students in the room, I, 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 want, I, I want to 
direct a, a question and an exercise to you for a second. Has mom or dad said no to you recently? Has mom or dad said no to you in a way that you're like, I don't get it, I'm frustrated. Why would mom or dad say no to this? Because they don't want good things for me. I want you to think about that moment right now, okay? Think about that moment, most recent moment that, 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 that you were told no and you were frustrated by it. If I had to guess, it might've involved screens and maybe being able to watch some more shows than you want to or a certain type of show that they're not letting you or maybe it involves social media, different, different platforms that you'd be interested in being a part of and, and, and watching or maybe it involves just having a phone or maybe it involves friendships and maybe they're kind of, your parents have been a little curious about who you've been hanging out with, just they wanna make sure that you're making wise choices and and. and and, and they want to be careful about who you hang out, where you hang out, how you hang out with them. I want you to think about that moment. And then as best you can, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about the moment and then uh, later today at lunch or, or, or maybe at dinner time or, or maybe throughout the week, I want you to just think of one reason why mom or dad may have restricted access to that or, or said no. And I want to think about it and I want you to thank them for it. And if you can think of one or two or three, thank them for all the reasons. If you can't figure out for the life of you why they said no, ask them. But here's what I want you to do. Ask them and then don't qualify. Just listen and then thank them for it. And what I want you to think is maybe they're a little further down this road of preserving and I can trust them. So learn to thank. That's what we want. Maybe the thing that they're saying no to is actually one of the great treasures, one of the great gifts that they're offering you as they preserve your path forward. To the parents and adults, let me say this. It's easy to identify foolish pursuits in other people, isn't it? It's even easier to identify foolish pursuits in our children. And yet, we do similar things. Like, our kids want more screen time, but... You and I are interested or drawn away too by foolish entertainment choices. Maybe social media is in our ditch, maybe it is, but many of us in this room are drawn to a social status and we find our value in that. And it may not be phones, but the toys that adults want, at the end of the day, they're, they're just toys. They might be bigger, they might be more expensive. But we too long for the same things that our, our kids do. It just looks a little bit different. And those things that you don't have or those things that you long for or the things that you wanna use in a different way than you're currently doing, maybe it's a great gift of the Lord that he hasn't permitted that. Or, or maybe he's saying, hey, not right now. Or maybe community groups going, hey, you guys need to be careful there. And I wanna give you the same challenge. I want you this week, right, to thank the Lord for how he may be preserving you on that path. And that turning in a blessing into something worse. Because look, in, especially in America today, man, we can get what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. And yet often those treasures get in the way of the real treasure, which is a flourishing relationship with Jesus Christ. And those get in the way. And in the meantime, we continue the, the hustle of buying things that we don't need with money we can't afford to impress people that we don't even know. Little Dave Ramsey. And that's not what we're called to do and the Lord is trying to preserve us on the path. I know for 
For, as some of you know, I made a lot of foolish decisions with money several years ago, eight, nine, ten years ago, and, and, and uh, uh, even today, right, as, as money is in, in a completely different place for us and it feels more like it's meeting kind of our needs, I find my heart being tugged going, Lord, just a little bit more. You don't have to overwhelm me this time like, like happened last time, but just a little bit more. It would just take a little bit of the pressure off. In the last few months, my wife and I have just been trying to say thank you more to the Lord for what he has given us and even thank you for what you haven't given us. Because maybe it's one of the great treasures of our life that we've been prevented from giving something that maybe we would struggle to steward well. And so the Lord provides preserving discipline to those whom he loves so that then, verse nine again, you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. The Lord has our best interest in heart. Number two, the Lord does provide correcting discipline to those whom he loves. There are times, right, as we're, as we're trying to preserve the way, as the Lord's preserving the way, saying go this way, our, our hearts are still prone to wander and we, we veer off the path. And part of the discipline is the Lord kind of says, hey, come back. And there's correction that can come in that. Turn with me to Hebrews 12, verse five. Let's, let's look at what it says. And, and, and it's quoting, at least for a couple verses, Proverbs three, but it says this, my son, my son, just a tender word. Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Verse seven, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. It's because he loves you. It's you're in his family. You're a son, you're a daughter. You're his. He knows what's best for you. And so for what son is there whom his father does not discipline, his earthly father? Verse 10, for they, our earthly fathers, disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but God disciplines us for our good, that we might share his holiness. We veer off the path, sin gets in the way, it hinders and it hampers our, our flourishing relationship with God. And he goes, no, come back, so that we can be restored to right fellowship in all that our relationship needs to be. Sin is not hindering it. And when it comes to it, I just want to remind ourselves, right, with correction, even with sin that's been paid for and forgiven on the cross, there can be consequences. But his correcting hand is controlled by his loving heart. His correcting hand is controlled by his loving heart. And so even when he doles out consequences, he is willing to never leave us or forsake us, Scripture promises us. And it's why in Job, it's, it says in uh, chapter five, verse 17 and 18, it says, blessed is the one who God reproves. Your, your translation may say corrects, the one who God corrects. Therefore, despise not the discipline of the almighty for even when he wounds, he binds up. When he shatters, his hand heals. And I don't fully understand how those two work together. But in part, because my ways aren't his way. My thoughts aren't his thoughts, how he makes it happen. I, it's what the Lord is able to do. I also know that, that in this room, sometimes we, there's, there's people in here that think they're beyond the reach of the grace of God. There's some in here that think, I've, I've done that thing for way too long and there's no correcting that can happen for me right now. There's no course correction. It's just consequences and pain for me from here on out. And that's not the gospel. You and I operate with each other and sometimes think, yeah, that person's failed too many times. I'm done with you and now we've gotta move away from each other. That's not how the Lord works. 
Sometimes we get fed up with each other and there's harsh words and we try to take control with significant consequences without some of the binding up and some of the healing. That's not how the Lord works. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Those are often quoted verses from Isaiah 55, eight and nine, but often we miss the context in which they're actually given. Those verses can mean a lot of things in a lot of different situations, but let me read you the verse that comes right before them because I think it's instructive. In verse seven of Isaiah 55, it says, let the wicked forsake his way, talking to those that have veered from the path, right? And let the unrighteous man his thoughts, let him return to the Lord that he, that Christ, that God may have compassion on him and to our God for what he will abundantly pardon. You and I don't understand the pardon. We don't think we're worthy of the grace, but he abundantly pardons. It's the gospel. It doesn't make sense to us. And that's why verse eight goes, yeah, because... His ways aren't your ways. His thoughts aren't your thoughts. And praise the Lord, they're not, right? It's a mystery to us. It's a gift to us. But he provides correcting discipline that is abundant in its pardon. Yes, there could be consequences. Yes, there could be pain. But there's healing that comes along with getting back onto the path. And God doesn't want you to miss that today. It's one of the beauties of his discipline is that there's a, still a tenderness even in the punishment and the correction of it all. The third thing that God does is he provides perfecting discipline. Turn with me to James 1, verse two through four, verses that, that some of us are familiar with. It says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. You may be walking faithfully on the path, but that doesn't mean you're exempt from trials. But this says, count it all joy, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And so let that steadfastness have its full effect so that you may be perfect and complete. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. There's things that the Lord is up to sometimes that whatever comes along on your path, sometimes the Lord may bring it into your path. Sometimes it comes into your path and the sovereign hand of, Lord, the, of the Lord allows it to come in your path, but he won't waste it. And his desire is to grow you through it. Just if you're looking for a reference, right? Think Joseph sold into servitude by his brothers or think Joseph thrown into an Egyptian prison. He hadn't done anything wrong, but the Lord was growing him. The Lord was preparing him for a specific purpose that he would later find out. Think Job, was upright and blameless and yet unthinkable trials came his way. Think what your parents might've told you. My dad was the Grew up on a dairy farm. It's like, Jeff, you have no idea. You wake up at 7.30 and get on a school bus. I bottled 50 gallons of milk and walked uphill both ways to school before you ever even wake up. I'm like, okay, dad, I can't compete with that one. All right, yeah. You understand the hard work maybe differently than I. You've been perfected in a way that maybe I haven't, right? This trial that was in front of my dad, he embraced it. And it did change a little bit who I was. And I can go, dad, I, we're not gonna play that game, but I played the same game with my, my son. He's like, Dad, I need to write a paper for the inter, uh, uh, I need to write a paper for the school. Can I just log onto your computer real quick and, and you can sit with me and, and help me? And I'm like, the internet? Man, when I had to write school papers, I drove, I had to get a, uh, my mom to drive me to the library. Do you know what one of those things are? Then I had to go find an encyclopedia. Those things are huge and ineffective. Sorry if that's a source of income for someone in here. 
Sometimes you had to get the microfish. Is that, I don't even know if that, that may be too, that may be too long. And, and I'm like, you just have no idea how hard it is to do good research. I, I learned the hard way how to find the right news at the right time in the right way. And my son's like, okay, you're right. You know, it's a perfecting, right? The Lord puts stuff in our ways that grows us, that matures us. That's one of the beauties of the relationship as you follow with, as you as you walk deeply with Christ, he uses all sorts of things to mature your relationship, to make it richer and more beautiful, maybe even gives you a better understanding of what he did for you on this earth. And it enriches you in a way because I, I wanna walk in a manner worthy of that. And you allow the perfecting work to get forward. You, I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 1. It just says, in this, verse 6, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Look, I know in this room there's thousands of trials. Each one of you represents 5, 10, 15 things that are going on. I know in this room, if I could look at some of the faces, I looked at the, second, at the first hour. I just know that there were people in this room that were grieving the loss of loved ones. I know there's, in this room, there's chronic pain that's been present for a really long time. I know that there's been relational struggles, sometimes in marriage, sometimes with children, sometimes with family, sometimes with bosses or employees, trials of various kinds. I love what Phillips Brooks says, 19th century American pastor says, don't pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men and women. Don't, do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. You pray for powers equal to your tasks. Don't ask, Lord, get me out of this trial. You, you pray, Lord, what do you want me to get out of this trial? Because you know that the tested genuineness of your faith, back to Peter, more precious than gold. Because it's rich, it's abundant, it's life-giving, and it per that perishes Though it is tested by fire, may it be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Every time I'm in this room and I listen to my friends and hear you sing and worship and belt out truths about the goodness of God, I just go, man, I know what's happening in your life and that you could still sing. You do not see him, but I see that you love him and it encourages me that the Lord is perfecting you in such a way that though you do not see him, you believe in him and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and it's filled with glory. Don't grow weary. Fellow traveler on the road, there's various trials. Lord and his sovereignty have allowed various ones to come into your path. Don't ask only to get out of them. It's okay to pray, Lord, remove this one. Don't just pray that. Pray also, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to get out of this trial? How are you growing me? How are you maturing me? I remember probably about five or six years ago, uh, I, I'd been out of work for 16, 17 months. That was, that was my own doing. It was, it, was a, it was a consequence. It was part of my correcting discipline that the Lord was doing. And I was uh, just struggling to make ends meet and uh, just wasn't sure exactly where the next provision was gonna come from. And I had an opportunity uh, in May or June of, of 2016 to go back to the company where I had once been. For some of you that know my story, that, that might mean a little something to you. And it was a sweet gift. And I just thought, this is it. This is the bow that the Lord's trying to write. This was the kind of the result. This is the end of the trial. And yet as I process it, I, I, I thought, 
I don't think I'm supposed to say yes. And I went, talked to my wife, and she's like, I don't think we're supposed to say yes. And we went to community group. I just said, will y'all help me here? I, this is crazy. This would be like the craziest no I've ever said. And we think, and the community group is like, we think that's a faithful no. We think you're, we think you're hearing correctly. And so I said no to consistent, semi-monthly paychecks. Three days later, I was in an attic in East Texas. Don't ask me. But I was able to make a little bit of money. And it was musty. There were cobwebs everywhere. Forgive me for this. There was literal, I mean, squirrel poop everywhere. And just paper had been torn up. It was the nastiest thing I'd been. And I just remember going, Lord, what are you doing? It's 115 out in East Texas in an attic. Why am I not at the AC of a company that I would love to work at? I don't understand. What are you up to? In that moment, there was truth that was filling my heart and filling my ears as I was listening to some music that was lifted from God's word. But one of the songs that I was listening, it just said that even when it makes no sense, Lord, I will praise you. Even when it makes no sense, louder still will I sing. And so I just worshiped in an attic in East Texas, not knowing what the Lord was up to, but knowing I think I'm on the path that he desires. And maybe, maybe he's growing me in a way that I can't fully understand right now. A few weeks later, I got a call to come on staff here. And so there's a glimpse now that I go, okay, now I see what you are up to, Lord. Now I see what you were up to. And look, I know that for me, that was a, a decent bow tied on that one trial, but I know for some of us that not every trial gets the, the nice bow here and now. But stay with it. Don't grow weary and do it good. For in due time, you'll reap. God's always done. He's always used this type of discipline to grow up men and women into men and women that he can begin to use. I mean, we talked about Joseph, but literally in the jails of Egypt, God, cre God forged one of the greatest rulers this world's ever known. Started in the prisons of Egypt. Moses had a 40-year wilderness exile. God would raise him up to be one of the greatest deliverers of his people. Paul, one of the great heroes of the faith, was, in blind, was walking blindly on the road going to Damascus and the Lord would begin to use him in ways he couldn't even fathom. The Lord sometimes is working in ways we can't possibly fathom. His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. And so we don't always understand what he is up to here and now, but we can trust that in the path of righteousness, there is life. And in its way, there is no death. And so we keep going the ways that the Lord calls us to go, knowing that we also don't have to do it alone, that he gives us fellow travelers so that we don't have to be alone. Hebrews 12, 11 says that for the moment, all discipline, and you could think of it as preserving discipline, you can think of it as correcting discipline, you can think of it as perfecting discipline. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields, don't miss it, the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by this great treasure of God. Don't miss it. Adults, don't miss that. Kids, don't miss that. 
The life you want, the adventure you want is found in a relationship pursuing Christ. And there can be some painful moments, but later it yields something you can't possibly imagine. That's a treasure. Let that sink in so that it can transform us to live maybe entirely different than what we have. Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. You can also follow us on social at citybridgecc. See you next time.